Hi everyone, welcome to this week's audio for Dorchester Community Church, taken from our online broadcasts, where every now and then if there's something visual on the screen, I'll read that out so hopefully uh, you're kept in touch and feel connected with what people are able to watch on the broadcast from Sunday. This week uh, we are looking at, uh, and this will be the 5th of July, this will go out, 2020, uh, Is He the Only Way? Hope you enjoy. Taken from John chapter 14. My name's Roger and I'm nothing to do with Damer's school at all actually, although there are very good neighbours. I'm the pastor of Dorchester Community Church. So then, how are you getting on and what you're making of all the the latest when it comes to COVID-19? Oh no, don't start on that again. I know, we're kind of getting a bit fed up with it, aren't we? But it won't go away. Certainly no time soon. Well, I guess we're struggling a little bit as well with all the changes with the different restrictions. I don't quite know what they mean, how those apply to us. And I guess that's true for ourselves as a church, as as well as we're wrestling with what we might be able to do and when. Although probably most things not for some time yet. I guess truth be told, none of us really like being told what to do, do we? We like to do what we want, when we want. It's called freedom of choice, and that's okay. The same would be true regarding, of course, what we believe. It's up to me and it's up to you, what we each believe. Well, that's good. I respect that, and hopefully you will respect me as well. That's okay up to a point. It's fine until we then start hearing things like, well, in terms of the God question, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you believe anyway, because... All religions are the same. We're all going to end up in the same place. Really? What do they kind of base that on, though? And what do we make, therefore, of this guy called Jesus, who then announces, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. That's a hard-hitting statement in such a pluralistic anything goes, all roads lead to heaven, kind of culture, isn't it? But that was what he said. We're going to be thinking about what that means for the likes of you and me. Is he the only way to God? Is that possible? Or is that somewhat of an arrogant statement? bit narrow-minded. Let's find out. Welcome to Dorchester Community Church. Belonging, worshipping, growing, serving, and sharing. The five pillars of our church that we see written across the survey. It may well be easier or nicer to conclude that we all get there in the end, but what is that actually based on? Not the Bible, that's for sure. Jesus said that he was the way, which in my mind means that he was either right or he was wrong. Now obviously if he was wrong, well we're looking at a right bunch of Charlies and certainly I'm looking at a right Charlie and no offence if your name is Charlie. But if he was right, then that means that every philosophy, every religion, every other opinion is wrong. Wow, how arrogant, how narrow-minded, how biblical, maybe. That's what we're thinking in, in, the, in respect of this, this statement, this claim that Jesus came out with when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's not at all that we're being critical of other faith groups or organisations or other belief systems far from it. But the reality is that Hindus believe that there are many gods. Buddhists don't believe that there's any god at all. Or other faith groups would believe that you have to pray a certain amount of times a day or somehow seek to earn your way into heaven. Jesus is saying, I am the way. We're going to be thinking about his claim 
this morning and what that might mean for ourselves as individuals. And to help us to that end, Maria, who's one of our leadership team, is going to be joining us and she's going to be sharing some of her insights as well as applying or her explaining how she applies that verse as truth, as God's truth into her own life. But that's later. First, the song. Listen to these words. As we were just going through the song, some of the words that you read in this song say this, you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me and I will stand and sing. I am a child of God. Could that be possible? Let's worship God together right now. Sing our name. The song is called No Longer Slaves.
price in the Dow, Rog? No. Oh? I wanted to see no chair. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Okie dokie. <laughs> okay, so you can hear me all right. That's good. Now, let us know how life is going then, Dave, at the moment for you and Gloria. Uh, well, obviously, we've been in lockdown, but our lockdown has been um, uh, augmented by trips to the shop for the old fogies uh, uh, times. So we've done all that. Um, we're also um, out and about. We've been to a couple of garden centres. We've visited our daughter, Debbie. We are now in her bubble. So we've been able to babysit for her. In terms of being indoors, um, we've got our, we've got a life group that we're doing, and we've got our prayer studies, Bible studies, uh, and a lot of gardening. Now I know. Oh, well done on the gardening. That's great. You can come over and do mine any time. Now you mentioned about your your life group, uh, Dave. Not everybody know what a life group is or what you do. Um, I know you meet normally once a, a fortnight. You, you share together, see the relevance of God's word for your lives, pray together. How can you do that um, when you can't even meet together? What what have you been up to in keeping connections with that that group? Well, right in the very Right at the very beginning of all of this, we contacted uh, Richard Cox and asked him if he could put all of our life group members onto a D&G life group email, which he did. So at one click of a button, we can contact everyone rather than going through 15 or whatever names at a time. So what we've done now on top of that is we send out uh, every week a life group letter, which is a very mini, uh, I suppose you'd call it a word for today with some scriptures in it. I then listen to the Sunday service and I do a, a little bit on the Sunday service um, trying to link it in with the life group message. So Gloria will be doing one life group message one week, I'll be doing it the other but each Sunday I try to link in some Sunday thoughts into the prayer group uh, uh, life, life group letter. So really um, that's a cover and then we get lots of feedback a lot of people outside, I say a lot, a number of people outside the life group have wanted to be added into the life group email. So Rich has added on uh, probably about another 10 names on top Fantastic. of all of that. Yeah, and we get a lot of comment back on the scriptures. And also we, we get a lot of prayer requests. You've probably seen us put yeah. prayer requests up. So a lot of that's going on. Helen and Derek, of course, members of our life group, so we're very involved there with them. Uh, you'll have seen another one with Carol Haynes, where she's got a friend who's had two two tumours on the brain. We've done a lot of prayer stuff on that. Um, Carol and... Um, Keith. Oh. Carol and Keith. Keith. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that, so we we keep each other updated. We pray for each other, and we've got our uh, life group stuff. We've also got the key workers lists that came out a while back, and both the life group and key workers, Gloria, we've got them on two different lists. We pray every day for everyone on those lists. That's fantastic. What do you think with all those connections, Dave, that people have fed back that they most appreciate about that contact that you've had? Uh, well, first of all, it keeps alive the church contact. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've seen on on the on the Sunday uh, um, uh, program that different people are saying we so miss everybody. Sally was saying it today, I think, and others were saying it, and we really want to get back and uh, and, and get in contact. And this is a, a virtual way, I suppose, of staying in contact. Um, Gloria also has picked up a, a whole list of people she phones that would have been uh, in the senior sit areas, Brilliant. and that has linked on a lot of other stuff. So Gloria does about 30 herself a week, and we, we try and keep up with everyone else in the meantime. That is a huge challenge. I'll tell you what people have missed, and that's a Dave Enright smile. <laughs> hey, that's a good place to end. <laughs> you God bless. Take care, Dave. God bless bye you. Bye bye. God bless. Well, Dave is a part of our leadership team, and he's going to be leading us in prayer a little bit later on. You know. 
in John chapter 13, verse 33, we read there where Jesus is talking. He says, my children, I will be uh, with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. That actually prompted Peter, 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 to ask where he was going in verse 36. Peter and the others didn't actually understand that Jesus was speaking about his death and his ascension to heaven. Jesus' response was, where I'm going, you can't come, but you will follow later. Peter still didn't get it. As Jesus then patiently continued to teach his disciples, he began to speak more plainly about heaven, describing the place he was going to prepare for them. You can read about that in John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. It's often the kind of verses that that are read out at funerals, where a believer has the assurance of of where they're then going to be going. Speaking to the others, a guy called Thomas then said that he didn't know where he was going at all. So how could they know? How could they uh, know where to follow in there and how to follow in there? It was in answer to that question that then Jesus uttered one of his most famous I am statements. When he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. That's what we're going to be thinking about today. But firstly, Andrew is going to read all about that account in John chapter 14. Hi everyone. Today's reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 14, verses 1 to 11. Jesus is addressing his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, You will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father, living in me, who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Jesus revealed the way to God. James Merritt points out, Jesus said the way to heaven is not a principle, not a practice, not a precept and not a philosophy. The way to heaven is a person. We can try to keep the golden rule and all of the Ten Commandments. We can go to church, give lots of money to charity and all of that would be great. But all of that put together would not pave one brick on the road to heaven. Jesus is the way. And if you're going any other way, you're going the wrong way. Frank Sinatra may have sung, I did it my way. But what happens when we do that? I remember the night before I became a Christian, crying out to God in recognition that my way had failed. And if he could do something about it, well, then here I was. I was angry. I was desperate. But at least I was real. 
at least I'd somehow come to that realisation that I could maybe only go his way after all. So that's what I did. I was 19 at the time. So of course that's a good hmm, 20 years or so ago now, ish. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. That's what we read in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am a way. He also stated this in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Here's Maria's sharing what she feels this means for her. Jesus said, I am the way. Now, whether I have been stuck and I haven't known what to do and I can't see a way out, or whether I have had a decision to make and I haven't known what to do, I've learned through trial and, to be honest, quite a lot of error, that the best thing that I can do is to ask God to show me the way. Now, in Psalm 25, the psalmist asks God to show me, teach me, guide me. And if we feel stuck, we can use these principles. We can ask God to show us things that we need to see. We can ask him to teach us things that we need to learn. And we can ask him to guide us into a better place. If we have a decision to make and we're not sure what to do, we can ask him to close doors that are not good that we go through and to open other ones that will lead us to a better place. I know and I've learned that I can trust God to lead me to a much better place than anywhere that I can lead myself to. Jesus told us the truth about God. What is truth? Pilate asked Jesus after he was arrested. Well, how do we know what's right or wrong? Where do our own thoughts about right and wrong come from? From our parents, from culture, or from elsewhere? Or maybe from the truths that we build through our own lives? There are many competing truth systems that want my allegiance. Some truths have a few little bits missing, but those little bits that are missing, actually that makes a big difference. Came across a road sign that says, Crossways, please die carefully, rough village, instead of please drive carefully through village. Somebody picked off the letters. I'm vulnerable to falsehood. I'm susceptible to myths. Some myths have that ambiguous mix of both truthhood and falsehood that can lead me in the wrong direction. For many, truth, of course, is a matter of opinion. It's called relativism. Matthew Stoll explained it this way. He said it used to be that if Jesus said it, we believed it was true. And if it was true, it was true for every person. Well, that actually is no longer the case in our society. Truth is now considered to be relative to the person concerned. So today, if someone told you, um, you know, what God had done in their life, the person that you're speaking to may reply, well, that, well, that's great. But that may well be true for you, but it's not actually true for me. Many people, of course, try to live with their own truth. Only Jesus is the one who can honestly and boldly say, I am the truth. And basically he means this, trust me in this. Count on what I am saying to you. Listen to what Maria explains. God says, I am the truth. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes the truth can feel a bit elusive. It's really easy to end up believing lies about ourselves, others and a situation. Our brain likes to make sense of things. And in doing that, sometimes it takes snippets of things that we know. And it puts together a reality that becomes our truth. And that truth can be very different to the truth. At times when my world has felt quite shaky, I've found that God's word is much more reliable than my own thoughts and feelings, or maybe what other people are saying and doing. 
God's word has given me hope. It's exposed lies that I've believed about myself and about God. It's shed light into dark places and it's helped to change my perspective. It works better than food, alcohol, box sets, computer games or any other coping mechanisms that we use to help make ourselves feel better. If you're struggling in a specific area, I would really encourage you to find some verses in the Bible that speak into that situation. Write them down, speak them out, say them over and over and over. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, he used scripture to come against him. And so can we. Here's some verses of scripture. Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make plain your paths. Isaiah 40, 29, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Faith is like a small lamp in a dark forest. It does not show everything at once, but gives enough light for the next step to be safe. Is it time celebrations now, Roger? Yep. Great. I'm already bored of doing this. Uh, but after the next song. <laughs> this is Martin and his daughter. Amy singing a song together about the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so So, 
So you're going to cut your pork into a little slither. And then, yeah, you've got one already, haven't you guys? So you're going to find a little circular slither like that. What do you think we're going to make, guys? Um, a map. Not a map, no. We're not going to make a map. A map oh. could help you find your way. A bit like this could also help you find your way. What are we going to make? Uh, a compass. A compass. Yeah, that's right. So we're going to make a compass. So what do you think we're going to need to do with these things, guys? Do you know? Um, no, no, no idea. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to show you. We're going to turn this needle. So at the moment, this needle is just a needle. You, you might use it for darning your socks. But we're going to turn it into uh, the needle of a compass. And the way we're going to do that is use our magnet. So you need to stroke your needle, a bit like you're stroking a pussycat, I suppose. Um, and you're going to do it with your magnet, but always down the same way. So we're going to do it maybe, I don't know, how many times? How many got to? 11, 50. 12, 50 times. Molly, you keep doing it. Jack, you doing it as well. So hold it at one end and then stroke it down. I'm on 20. Stroke your magnet down. There's loads and loads of times. That's very good. This isn't making a great video, but uh, it's, you know, you crack over it. So that's a magnet, a needle, a piece of cork, and a bowl of water. Have you got that? Claire's being helped with her kids, Molly and Jack. Dad, Mark, now zooming in close to see that needle balanced on the cork. And it points in a particular direction. Do you know which one? Well, we'll see what happens. What's happening to yours, Jack? It's going north. How do you know it's north? Oh, it isn't north because that's not. It's going... Watch Molly's. Which way is Molly's going? Mine's going north. Yeah, that is north, isn't it? If you look out the... You can't see out of our window, but that's north. And your needle is pointing north, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So see if you at home can have a go and see which way your needle ends up pointing. So in the compass that we just made, we used a needle and it wiggled around in the water and then ended up pointing towards the north. And we use that in compasses to help us to find the way. So if we're lost, we know which way the north is. And that's just like Jesus. He can help us to find the way if we're lost in life, he can guide us on the right path. The needle in a compass points towards something called magnetic north, which is controlled by the magnetic fields on the earth. Now, did you know there's another type of north called the true north? And that's a physical place, it's in the North Pole, and it never changes, never moves. And that is also just like Jesus. So Jesus is the truth that never changes, just like the true north. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So we've talked about the way and the truth. What about the life bit? Well, Jesus wants us to have life and live it to the full. It says that in the Bible. So if Jesus helps us to find the way, like a compass, and he's the truth that never changes, like the true north, then if we follow that way and the truth that Jesus tells us about, we can have life and we can live it to the full. We can have the best possible life ever, both here on earth and forever in heaven. So your challenge for this week, community kids, is to learn the memory verse. It's from John 14, verse 6, and it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. I had to look it up. So your challenge is to try and learn it without looking. And you can send yourself, you can send a video of yourself doing it if you want to, or you can just do it for fun with your grown-ups at home. Take care and see you soon. Okay, thanks ever so much for Bruce for bringing the, the celebrations. You can tell he's very excited about what he, he's at his moment. And also to Claire, thanks so much, Claire, uh, for what you brought again for the kids this week. Fantastic. Now, with the, the lockdown restrictions beginning to ease, shops, of course, have begun to open, obviously needing to be very, very careful. We respect that. Some, however, were not as careful as maybe they should have been in regards to their spelling. 
This is a sign that was up right one side, outside one shop. Cards, pay by card only. No cash back. Sorry for the incontinence. <laughs> but with our still being encouraged to be staying at home wherever possible, and hope you're doing that as well, DIY stores, of course, have become very popular. Take a look at this. I just rang up B&Q and asked, how big is the queue? The bloke the other end said, same size as the B. Well, that made me laugh anyway. Now, thinking obviously of this current situation, there's obviously a very serious uh, side to that. And that's one of the reasons why we pray, isn't it? Those things that are troubling us, those things that, that we're concerned about, the bigger issues... Isn't it fantastic that there's a God that we can bring these to? Dave Entknight is now going to lead us in a time of prayer. Thanks, Dave. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come to you today in the middle of upheaval in our nation. Many are angry over prejudice and inequality. Others are fearful of a further outbreak of the coronavirus. The mass gatherings in open spaces and on beaches fuels these fears, and a return to work and leisure brings both relief and concern in the uncertainty of what might follow. We pray for wisdom for scientists, health experts and government ministers who seek to lead and to guide our nation back to a healthful and meaningful future. Please be close to them as they bear this awesome responsibility whilst at the same time facing criticism and hostility from those who oppose them. We pray for our Prime Minister as he shoulders the ultimate responsibility, and we thank you for our Queen, who remains a faithful figurehead for our nation. We bless you for answered prayers in the number of deaths continuing to fall, and for hospitals who are seeing fewer numbers being admitted to their care, especially with the critical care numbers being reduced. And we do not forget those who are still on the front line, working selfishly, Lord, to keep COVID out of our care homes, whose guard cannot be let down or relaxed, and for care workers whose vigilance and commitment has saved many lives. Bless them, Lord. For those who have lost loved ones and whose lives can never be the same again, be to them an ever closer presence that they may find you in their hearts. We pray that you will become that still small voice for them that cannot be drowned out by the cares and sorrows of this world and that touches our innermost being, bringing peace and security. So, Lord, be everything we need as we come to you today. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Back now to our passage in John chapter 14 and of Jesus' claim about being the way, the truth and the life. Well, we've looked at the first two of those. Finally, we're going to look at that third element where Jesus offers us life in God. He'd just been telling his disciples about his impending death and now he's claiming to be the source of all life. How does that work out? Jesus gives his abundant eternal life to all who trust in him. But we must understand that that is connected with a relationship, having a relationship with him. In John chapter 17 and verse 3 we read these words. Jesus is talking and he says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Back to James at Merit again, and I like this quote, where he says, You can be a Buddhist without knowing Buddha. You can be a Muslim without knowing Muhammad. You can be a Confucianist without knowing Confucius. But you cannot be a Christian without knowing God through Jesus. I am the life, is what Jesus says. And he means he is the very life of God. I'm not here to point you to this kind of life. I am your life. Let me loose in you and then watch what happens. Maria's got a great illustration about this from a very young garden. Jesus said, I am the life. 
There's a tree that I can see from our garden that got so big that it started to touch the roofs of the houses around it, so it needed to be cut back. So my neighbour called a tree surgeon, but when the tree surgeon had finished, it had not one leaf left on it, and the branches had been so cut back that I was afraid it would never recover. It was really sad to see. But after a while, it started to grow some leaves. And this is what it was like after it had grown a few leaves. And this is what it was like this week. Now, sometimes in life, we can feel so battered, so scarred, so broken, so wounded, that we fear that we will never recover. But Jesus says, I am the life. And when he comes to us, he brings life with him. In Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says that he will give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. So wherever you are, whatever you've done, whatever someone else has done, however you feel, whatever you need, why not come to him, talk to him, ask him to come and sit with you. Ask him to show you the way, to teach you his truth and to guide you into the life that he has for you. That's great. Thanks ever so much, Maria. Now, Jesus, of course, could have stopped there, but he didn't. He then adds, no one can come to the Father except through me. Doesn't that make Christianity somewhat exclusive? At the end of the day, aren't we wanting to be inclusive? But far from being negative, Jesus' words are actually very good news. And I'll tell you why. The three reasons. First, because it's clear. When you want to get somewhere, you don't want vague directions. You want clarity. You want specifics. Secondly, because it works. Untold millions of people who follow Jesus have testified that he has, in fact, transformed their lives. They've been forgiven, set free, changed. Jesus stands alone in his claims and in what he's done and, indeed, what he continues to do. And thirdly, because it's available to anyone. Anyone can believe this. It's your choice. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've not made that decision yourself, why not consider that? And it may well be as we sing a song together now called uh, Build uh, My Life, that you can sing these words as your own prayer to the God who hears your own very heart. Let's worship God in song together. Worthy of every song. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could bring. Every breath. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Jesus, the name above. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath. For you. Oh, we live for you. Holy. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to the 
worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever bring. Trip. 
If you'd like to reflect something about by means of a prayer, we're going to say that right now. This may well be words that you may well find helpful. Join me as we pray together now. Let's pray. Dear God, I want this to be real for me. So I'm in coming to you and I have faith that you are there and that you'll hear me. I admit that I've done wrong, gone my own way and ignored you. I believe that Jesus came and died for the wrong things I've done and so that I might have this life he speaks of. I commit myself to him now. Help me to follow you. Amen. That amen word at the end just simply means, yeah, I agree with that. That's what I'm wanting. Hope that that's something that is very real for you. If you've got questions about that decision or anything else that you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. We'd certainly love to get your feedback as well. And you can find out how you can make contact with us from the homepage of our website. Otherwise, all that remains for me to say is Roger and Anne. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget, kids, as well, we're looking for the best name for that purple creature that was with Andrew a little bit earlier in the broadcast. Can you come up with a really, really exciting and fantastic name for Andrew's purple friend? And football fans aware that Liverpool's just won the Premiership, you'll probably appreciate this one. Here she is. Kind of the queen of the church. Hey, hello there, Ivy. Yes. How are you? Yes, I'm doing Surprise right. visit. Are you doing okay? Yes, I'm waiting for Saturday to get my hair done. To get your hair done? Yes. I can't wait to get mine done as well. I can't do a thing with it. I can't li- do a thing with this. <laughs> <laughs> a little dicky bird told me it's your birthday next week. Amazing, isn't it? Another one. <laughs> yes. That must be nearly 21. Yeah, twice over, three times over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask. I'm yeah, not going to ask. <gasps> really? Yeah. Wow. Well, many happy returns. I'm not sure we're going to get all the candles on the cake. No, I don't think so, no. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be a cake. How are you doing, though, Ivy, anyway? Are you doing okay? I'm pleased to say my leg is blessed twice. She's been blessed three times. She's been, it's been much better. Good. The leg has, yeah, so. Good. Ministry of Puppets performing that well-known Morecambe and Wise classic, Bring Me Sunshine. Can you remember the actions that those guys did at the end of their TV shows? You could always try that at home as well as having a sing-along, couldn't you?
fantastic. Hope you have enjoyed our broadcast. Thank you for listening. Do appreciate that. If you'd like to know more about the church, then you can check our website out on dorchestercommunitychurch.org.uk or, of course, you can phone us on 01305 267171. We'd love to hear your comments, your feedback, or any questions you've got about what you've heard. Otherwise, as you've already heard, it's Roger and I. God bless.